Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Now, Singapore may not be going fully cashless quite yet, but the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm sure you would agree, has accelerated the adoption of mobile payments. How many of you don't even use cash anymore? Consumer data and analytics company Milia Insight found that 41% of Singaporeans use mobile wallets today. Now, the report also explored how usage and preferences of different payment methods have shifted since the pandemic began and the rapidly growing sector buy now, pay later. For more on this, we're going to be speaking now with Brian Quek. He's general manager at Atome Singapore. Now, Brian, thanks for joining us. Hey, Brian. Thanks so much for having me on the line. Now, Brian, this report by Malia Insight actually showed that when choosing a payment method for a purchase, maximizing returns is a priority, more so than even convenience. And despite being a fairly young category, many BNPL providers offer promotions, rebates and rewards programs, and they are inherently mobile first. It seems that Singaporeans could be turning to these offerings as a way to maximize returns on their spending. So we'll talk about the downsides of BNPL. NPL schemes in a moment, but how has all of this helped your business and revenue since the pandemic hit? Thanks, Marathi, for the question. Yes, definitely. It's, uh, we've seen tremendous growth uh, for Tome. We're only about two and a half years old, and definitely in the last year and a half of the pandemic hitting, uh, we have seen an uptick in uh, the number of GMB and transactions that we're having. Uh, regionally, um, Tome is in 10 markets uh, across Asia. Um, and with about 15,000 merchant partners. So we are seeing that merchant partners have a, are seeing a demand for buy now, pay later to be offered uh, as a solution uh, for their customers. Okay, here's the thing, though. We are mm-hmm. seeing a lot of criticism about BNPL schemes, especially with the danger of overspending. Analysts are worried right. about Gen Z in particular. They're mm. saying, okay, the attitude now seems to be buy now and worry later. Mm-hmm. So how are you planning to deal with this? Sure. I, think, I think that's a very fair question. But I think intrinsically, if we look at buy now, pay later schemes, um, the way a buy now, pay later makes money um, would be from charging a fee to the merchants uh, for this service to be offered. Um, so this is unlike the traditional credit card where um, there is a fee, but there's also a interest fee that's charged to consumers who do not manage to pay back. Um, so if we look at the buy now, pay later um, way of making money, uh, we will not make money at all if a consumer is unable to pay us even the next payment. So it is in our interest to ensure that consumers are able to pay uh, back on time. Um, and we only levy a, a fee, a small fee, if the consumer is not able to do that. And that's a fixed fee, not based on a percentage term. So yes, while I hear uh, that there is there are concerns, uh, in the market, I think the buy now, pay later is actually uh, have a vested interest in ensuring that our consumers spend wisely. Mm. So why not show that you have a vested interest? Because mm. clearly you don't vet consumers the way credit card companies and banks do, right? Yeah, we, we do not. Um, I think the way that buy now, pay later companies, or told me in particular that uh, our merchants is very specific to uh, the Gen Z population, they look for you know services that are able to move quickly for them and have convenience to them as well. 
And so in the same way, we offer a small amount to consumers to be able to make their purchases. And as they purchase, over time, we then increase um, this amount that they're able to spend across the merchants that are on our platform. So how do you ensure that people who buy actually have the means to pay? Because that's what Mm -hmm. banks generally do before they give someone a loan. So how do you guys ensure this? Sure. So we have a KYC process that is done. And uh, Atomi has been uh, leveraging our sister company's uh, services to offer um, uh, an understanding of who our user is and a credit limit that we can assign to them or a limit that we can assign to them for payment. Currently in Singapore, less than 1% of our users miss their payments. Our systems are working um, and, and we are able to ensure that our users are, you know, giving back uh, or paying back whatever they've spent, uh, even if they're splitting it into three. Mm. The thing is, each BNPL player does its own thing, right? So the Consumers Association of Singapore recently called for stronger safeguards all across the board. They're talking about setting purchase and penalty limits. They're talking about regulations on BNPL advertising, the inclusion of BNPL-related spending data in consumers' credit ratings, and clear Mm -hmm. recourse avenues as well. What do you think of these suggestions? I think those are very interesting suggestions. Uh, the Singapore FinTech Association um, has established the BNPL Working Group, uh, Atome being one of the founding members, and, and this is under the guidance of MAS. So it's an industry-led initiative to develop a framework of code of conduct in the Singapore market that would allow us to ensure that certain safeguards are put in place uh, to ensure consumers are protected and also have a channel for, for feedback to, to the buy now, pay later providers. Okay, so let's talk about those regulations and this working group and the code mm-hmm. that they might come up with. The code yeah. is good. I mean, I'm all for it because it should actually result in more responsible players in the market. But how much would be too much regulation? Are you concerned at all that regulation might go a little too far? Well, I, I always liken it to, to having a, a lock on a door, right? Um, ultimately, you, the, the safest is if you have 10 locks on your door. Um, but if, if that's the case, it becomes inconvenient to, to then open the door to walk in and out. So I think that's a balance that needs to be struck. And, and therefore, I think this um, group that has been set up, uh, the working group where um, the Singapore FinTech Association and the various members of the, the working group come together uh, in conjunction with MES to develop this framework uh, works in our favor um, for both the consumer as well as the buy now, pay later providers. Now, fresh from their shake-up of Gen Z's shopping habits, BNPL firms <laughs> yeah. are now targeting business payments, I understand, as the next sector that's ripe for disruption. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about in this regard, if at all? Definitely. It, it, is, it is a very interesting space, uh, the business-to-business uh, commerce. Um, I think there is enormous value in it. Um, currently, at this point in time, uh, it's still something that. Uh, further along on the horizon, I would say. Why so? Why not sooner rather than later? Um, I I think that doing a KYB on a business is very different from doing a KYC on a consumer for for the first part. Um, And also uh, understanding the the merchants or understanding the businesses that would require this. Uh, So it intrinsically um, requires a shift in business perspective. Uh, Definitely... Uh, a very, very, very interesting area to look at.
Now, something else that I think has been making headlines in the sector, it definitely has actually, is we are seeing falling valuations and market consolidation in the BNPL space. Some analysts say it's perhaps not a viable project, not as a standalone product anyway. So I do know that Atomi Financial recently announced it's entered into a 100 million US dollar debt facility with HSBC to supercharge Atomi Financial's flexible deferred payments business across Asia. But considering all the other developments in the sector, where do you stand really? Sorry, Barat. I, I think I might have to, to ask for that question once again. Um, where do we, where do I personally stand or where do we stand as an organization? Um, why don't you talk to me about where you stand as an organization? And if that differs from your personal view, yeah. we can talk about that too. <laughs> sure. sure. Um, I, I would need to, to ask for that question again, actually. Um, yes, we, we have a $100 yeah. million debt facility with HSBC that we just entered into. Um, yeah. But we're also yeah. seeing a macroeconomic environment of inflationary pressures. And all of that has cut yeah. into consumer spending. We've seen falling valuations in the BNPL mm-hmm. space, market mm-hmm. consolidation as well. Some analysts are saying perhaps it's not viable as a standalone product. What are your plans as you move forward, considering this latest development with HSBC as well? Sure. Um, so I think there definitely is consolidation happening. We are seeing it happen in our markets as well, uh, the 10 markets that Atome is present in. Um, I think there are ways to make it a viable business uh, solution. Uh, that's why there are a lot of these organizations that continue to be out there. Um, I think the consolidation definitely uh, separates the you know, the players that are able to succeed, as, as you mentioned in, uh, earlier, in understanding how much a consumer can pay and ensuring that they're paying on time uh, from those who are unable to do so. Um, and we've also entered into a long-term 10-year partnership with uh, Standard Chartered Bank that was announced last year um, that I think would help us to expand in, into the various markets and expand our business. Tell me more about the differences between markets, because while we know mm-hmm. that for sure e-payments are taking off across Singapore and people are using all of these schemes in order to get the rewards associated with the schemes as well, what about in other parts of Asia? How is consumer behaviour different? And some of the notable trends, of course, that you are seeing. Sure, definitely. In the emerging markets and in the uh, more developed market, it's definitely a very different uh, way to look at the usage of buy now, pay later. Um, in Indonesia, Philippines, and Thailand, uh, for example, we've seen tremendous growth. Uh, Thailand seeing more than 10 times growth in our uh, GMV in the last year. So definitely there's an in, more of an intrinsic need, I would say, for users in the emerging markets. Uh, and in the developed markets, as you rightly mentioned from the survey, uh, it really is about how a consumer can benefit from the promotions or the rebates or the rewards um, that the buy now, pay later chooses. Uh, definitely in the emerging markets, risk management uh, is extremely critical. Um, it is uh, by far one of the most important uh, aspects of a buy now, pay later, uh, understanding your user uh, in this specific market that you're in. Uh, and so with Atome's technology uh, and ability to understand the where the consumer can pay back um, whatever they uh, are using, the, the funds to purchase. Uh, it's definitely um, uh, the, one of the more core reasons why we can be successful in the market.
Now, Brian, while you talked about regulation and how you feel about it and the fact that you do have some safeguards in place, what about the sector as a whole? What do you think needs Mm. to be done to clean it up as a whole? Because clearly, not all the criticism is unfounded. It is relevant. And with regulatory authorities across the world looking into these types of schemes, what more do you think needs to be done to just get more ethical players in the market as we move forward? Sure. I think, I think firstly, the code of conduct is definitely something that needs to, to come into play. Uh, and and it will be coming sooner rather than later. That would help govern um, a lot of the binar the pay laters in Singapore. Um, I think ultimately, um, if a binar pay later is offering a service to a consumer uh, at no interest, the consumer uh, stands to benefit. And if the consumer doesn't pay, uh, the final pay later organization is the one that loses uh, out in that transaction. So uh, I, I, I'm not sure um, exactly uh, what you mean by an unethical player in the market, um, but anyone that would try to, for example, um, uh, f- from a consumer perspective, I feel that uh, the buy now pay later stands more to lose from having a consumer not pay them than uh, the other way around. Yeah, I mean, making it easy isn't the only thing, right? You have really got to follow through and make sure that your business processes and your business model has that follow through intrinsic in it as well. Thank you very much for that, Brian. Brian Quek, General Manager at Atome Singapore. Thanks for joining us today on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.